It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible movies. Why do I do it? Well, can't really explain it, but I love these stupid horrible movies. If you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now it's almost time for Thanksgiving, and what do I have to be thankful for? Why, a movie about a necro-Native American turkey bent on killing Whitey for his or her crimes. This is Thanksgiving. by Jordan Downey, maker of such fine films as Hack Job, Craw Lake, Critters Bounty, a short uh, based upon the you know, movie Critters, and this film's sequel, uh, Thanks Killing is one of those horror comedies that might just try a little too hard. Now, I had not seen this film before I watched it for this podcast. I've always heard about it, but looking at the poster for the film, I noticed that its big call-out is boobs within the first second of the movie. No way this could be true, right? They have to be lying. I mean, there's no way that the very first second of a film is a boob, right? Well, since that's the biggest selling point, let's see this boob, I mean, get this movie going. So the film opens up on text, telling us it's currently 1621, moments be- uh, after the first Thanksgiving. That's strike one. The second strike is it's not a boob. I'm not counting the title sequence as just, the, you know, that it tells me what film company this movie has been made by. You know, you can't tell me that the film, you know, tell me what year it is and not a part of the movie. You lied, movie. I want my money back. No, that ended up really bad. Well, after this setup, a little bit of text, we get the promised boob. And I mean boob, not boobs. Starts on an extreme close-up of some flapjack titties. And then pulls out to show a pair of flapjacks. From the text to boob, it's about 18 seconds. So you can't tell me that this ugly boob is worth putting on the top level of that poster for your film. At least let it be a perky boob and not these pancakes that are presented before me. Well, after a pan out from Flapjacks, we see this lady dressed like a pilgrim. She's short of breath and then begins to turn and run away from something towards her from the forest. The camera whips around to what I believe to be turkey vision. It follows her and then it snaps back to the normal cam, only to see this pilgrim lady trip 
and we get our introduction to our villain of the film, the turkey. Nice tits, bitch. Now, no, they're not. And why would a turkey comment on how nice a human's boobs are? Why does it like boobs? It also hacks her to death with a tomahawk. How is it able to hold the tomahawk above its head? Does it have hands? It sure doesn't look like it. Does it just, like, hover and use its feet to hold it? You know, well, once the pilgrim, pilgrim gets the final slash from the turkey, we get the title sequence you heard earlier. It's some weird, like, hip-hop type beat with gobbles being thrown in here and there. I wonder if Nelly could make something out of this. I mean, he took the song from the people's court and he made a song from it. I'm sure he can make some sort of, like, Thanksgiving-themed song with all those gobbles. Well, after this lovely musical interlude, we're now in present day in some college town. You can tell it's like a college or college city by the happy poppy gin blossoms type music playing and all the buildings with the nice fall trees spaced around. We see two girls walking in the distance and we meet two of our male characters in the film. The jock and the redneck or hillbilly. Yes, they have names, but I'm choosing not to call them by their real names, but their stereotypes that they are in this movie. Though, I don't know if I should use Redneck or Hillbilly. Uh, I'll use Hillbilly just to make it a little bit easier. So the Redneck rips open his white shirt, (laughs) undershirt, and screams out, Thanksgiving break! Now, I went to college, and one, this place is really, really empty. I mean, there's like nobody anywhere but these people. Two, no one in their right mind was excited for Thanksgiving break. That meant going back home, which is nice, don't get me wrong. But it also meant that when you came back, you had finals to worry about if you had, like, the three-semester system like I did. It was more worrisome than anything else. You knew that you had maybe a week to do more classes, and then everything was fucking up. Well, once the redneck has now ripped his shirt, the jock makes an observation. Damn, Billy! Kill those puppies up! Don't you see your nasty titties? Woo! trying to get out of here, big old kid. Yeah, I don't think that's the way to get them to show their boobs. I mean, I've already seen one set of flapjacks. I don't need to see your big-ass man titties, too. And the girl that's going to show them, by the way, her tits ain't huge, her tits are hella small. That doesn't make any sense. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, surprisingly, this actually does prompt one of the two girls walking their way to lift up her shirt, and the other girl reacts accordingly. Pull your shirt down, honey. It's Thanksgiving, not titsgiving. Wait, there's a titsgiving? Why did I know about this? Oh, man, I'm outraged. Where is that? My calendar company didn't put anything on here. Let's see. Uh, we've got Christmas on here. Uh, there's summer solstice. Whatever the hell that is. Secretary's Day. Uh, there's Thanksgiving. Uh, hell, there's even a chocolate chip cookie day in here. What the fuck, Thomas Kincaid? You can't even tell me when titsgiving is. Better be around my birthdays. There's nothing better than some tea for your B-Day. Or, you know, if you like something else. Maybe a nice Nintendo Wii. Who knows? So I'm guessing that this flasher who only flashed a bra, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you put it on your cover or your box, boobs within five seconds or with one second, first second of the film, I keep forgetting, uh, <laughs> that you'd have some other boobs in there that weren't covered up. Well, so this is the slut. And the other girl, of course, is the good girl. So the film then does this weird speed-up thing for a quick second. Maybe it's trying to get past the boring stuff. And we meet the last character of our trio, or not our trio, but our group, and that's the nerd. He greets the jock with a weak-ass handshake, and we learn that the jock is a backup quarterback that was sidelined by injury. And the nerd is nasty because he wipes his uh, face with his uh, hand. We also get some wisdom from our jock. 
Trent's Trent. But Johnny, he's Johnny. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Trent's Trent, Johnny's Johnny. So, uh, to give a little context, Trent is the one that took over the starting job, and our jock here, he's the one that was made of it, but it still doesn't make any... I mean, that almost makes as much sense as a somewhat hot chick flashing her bra because a fat redneck flashes man tits. Uh, the jock keeps showing off to the nerd who is super impressed that this backup quarterback has a little bit of muscle, but not enough to make him the starter. There's also a lot of weird inconsistencies in the shooting here. When walking up to the jock's jeep, the redneck still has his ripped shirt and his vest on. But when jumping in, he just had the white shirt and it was completely put together. Then when they go back inside the jeep, his shirt is perfectly fine. And now he's wearing the vest. Continuity, people. Come on. Learn it. I know you do multiple takes, but at least try to get it close to what you had before, right? Well, as they drive away, uh, we flip over to a man and his dog walking to a shack. The sound of a cat gets the dog to run away. Now, this dog is a collie, and I swear to God, if they call her Lassie, I'm going to lose my shit. Well, what's the name, you ask? Well, it's Flashy. I guess they don't want to be sued. Can't have that shinin'. Uh, so the hermit's name is Oscar, and he gives a weird little explanation. It's just a dog, Oscar. And I'm just a lonely old hag. Well, I'm sure we'll get some more info. Nope. Right back into the car with the new Scooby-Doo gang. Seriously, Flashy should just join them and they could solve crimes. It'd be like the turkey gang. So the redneck gets called Stinky in the car and the nerd asks the group a question. So guys, I was thinking, you know, since it's Thanksgiving and all that, we should go around and say what we're thankful for. I'm thankful that your mom has the juiciest poon in town. Oh, nice. <laughs> Burn, baby. Get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's poon? Are you seriously screwing with me, slut? You don't know what poon is? So you're not just a whore, you're a dumb whore to boot. Is anyone going to take the nerds seriously? You guys are so rude. Darren, I'm thankful to be spending time with all of you guys. And I'm glad we're all in good health. Gay. No. Not gay at all, Billy. Actually, I think spending time with your family is one of the most important things in life. Right, Kristen? Someone's trying to get some brownie points with the girl girl. Can someone like her find love in a useless jock like him? I hope we find out this later in the movie. I'm pretty sure that we will. We also get this like super cheesy flashback about the jock and his dad throwing the ball around. His dad taught him everything he knew about becoming the second string quarterback for his team, though his dad isn't talking to him anymore because he's not the starter. What a nice guy the jock's dad is. Redneck also talks about not having his dad around and taking care of his mom, but it's a little creepy. It almost seems like he had to, you know, take care of her, if you know what I mean. This is interrupted, though, by the nerds want to go buck wild. I'm going to go wild. I'm going to go buck wild on this trip. I'm going to go skinny dipping without any clothes on. I'm going to ghost ride the whip, man. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to have sex with someone in this car. He says that he's going to fuck someone in the jeep and everybody looks towards the slut. And she claims that she's approved, which prompts one of the running jokes in the film. Oh, please, Allie. Your legs are harder to shut than the John Benet Ramsey case. Oh, snap. <laughs> Damn, what a burn. That good girl's a bitch. Plus, she says that she'd only be a whore for the jock, though. Well, we all know that he has the hots for the good girl. I mean, with burns like that, I'd want to tap it, too. 
Just make sure you don't fuck her over when you're done with her, okay, Jock? Well, after that sequence, it's back to Flashy in the forest. He comes across a Native American totem and, like any dog would do, starts to pee on it to claim it as his own. What? You don't think dogs do that? Of course they do. Now, this brings back that turkey from the beginning of the movie from the grave. Oh, fuck! Oh, oh, I'm pissed! Oh. And it's at that moment that it kills the dog. I'm going to put a bookmark on the scene for now as I have a little bit of beef with it later in the film. So like a child with ADD, the film now jumps to a sheriff and what I can guess is an unhappy whale of a wife. She gives him some coffee and he makes a very keen observation. God damn, Cheryl! That coffee tastes like shit! what do you do, take a dump in it? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I sure did. I want a fucking divorce! Man, there's a big piece of shit in it right there. How in the hell did she do that without him knowing? Did she just, like, drop trow and do it in the kitchen? Did she bring it into the bathroom when he wasn't looking and do it there? I have questions and I demand answers, damn it. I do have to commend her, though. That's one way of asking for a divorce. Probably not the best way, but it's one of the most creative, I think. Well, he gets a phone call and we find out that the girl is actually his daughter. They talk about her coming home and at the end he casually mentions the divorce. Oh, by the way, your stepmama left me. Love you, bye. So once off the phone, the jeep dies and the group decides to camp the nearby woods. It literally goes from sunset to complete darkness within 10 seconds. The slut shows how dumb she is by saying something stupid about the car's problem. Hey, she's dumb and she's a whore. It's a women in combination. To die first? Hell, I'm calling the death order right now. It's the slut, then the redneck, the jock, the nerd, and then that good girl will survive in the end. We'll just have to find out if I'm right by the end of the review. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Brian, you've already seen the movie. Yes, but in my notes at this point in the film, I made this wager and I stand by it. The redneck wants to turn this into a party. Sure, our car's broke. It's creepy as hell outside. And we're all alone. Time to party, baby. As they leave the forest, the nerd bumps into a sign that says Crawbird, and it sparks a memory inside of him. It's time for me to fill you in on one of the most notorious moments in Pilgrim history. 1500, the settlement of Crawlburg, an old Indian by the name of Feathercloud, who some people thought had black magic powers, was dishonored by a pilgrim. Oh, my ex-boyfriend was a pilgrim. Listen, slut, can you just not be stupid for one fucking second and let that nerd continue this very important historical story? Now please, nerd, continue. The pilgrim's name was Chuck Langston. Oh, well, that's my last name. I know, Billy. I've never thought about it before, but he's probably one of your ancestors. Well, anyways, the old Indian was so outraged, he vowed he would curse all white men. This was no ordinary curse, however. Feathercloud necromanced, uh, roamed the earth every 505 years, killing the first humans he made contact with. He was more evil than anything you've ever seen before. A turkey that would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. It's kind of neat that this whole sequence as he's explaining it is animated. Well, animated is a very uh, light word. It's more like stills with a little bit of animation in it, but it's kind of fresh. But the sound design for this thing is completely awful. I pulled the audio right from the film, and the music and sound effects just way overpower the dialogue. 
You'll hear it worse on the turkey who talks super low, and at points you can barely understand it with the noise that's being placed over the top of the film. So the nerd talks about turkeyologists. People who study turkeys? I mean, are there really people who study old turkey legends that no one knows about? Is this what the nerd is studying? If so, that's a bullshit major like communications. What is that going to help anyone? Well, the slut kind of asks whether or not it's possible for turkeys to actually kill a human. Yes, slut, you're right. There's no possible way for a turkey to kill someone besides clawing their eyes out, pecking them to death, or ripping off their flesh, but I'm sure you'll find out how a turkey can kill you soon enough. The good girl gets scared by the story, to which the jock tries to comfort her, and then the slut also tries to butter away into having the jock come into her tent, because there's space in both the good girl's tent and the slut's tent. Now, the jock is either a closet scary cat, or he's just trying too hard to get into the good girl's pants. I'm pretty sure it's the latter, but it'd be more interesting if he was just scared, or showed some type of fear. It cuts back to Oscar looking for Flashy, and he finds him with the turkey. He wonders aloud what happened, and the turkey gives him an answer. The dog had an accident. What the hell? What kind of accident? Well, I took this here axe, and I accidentally cut him. Get it? Accident. Now this turkey makes a ton of these puns, and you'll definitely hear more of them later. The big question I have is here, why does Oscar talk to the turkey as though it's natural? There's nothing natural about a talking turkey. It doesn't even startle him. He just kind of asks what the hell happens here and then turns into some sort of like turkey hunter vigilante. He even states the turkey killed his wife too, but we never hear of this again unless he considers flashy. No, 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 it can't really be doing that. He's a hermit, but he's not that type of hermit. So now it's back to the camp, and there's tons of keystone light being passed around. Though the nerd gets his can thrown to the ground, because according to the redneck, he did not buy it. The good girl goes out to call her dad to let her know that she won't be back for the night. Of course, she goes out by her own, and then is stalked by the turkey. At first, she tries to calm herself down, but she learns that she's not alone. There's no such thing as an evil turkey. There's no such thing as an evil turkey. Oh, wait, I lied. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure how it worked out, but the turkey gets stuck and allows her to get away. But he calls her something kind of like, I'm going to drink your blood like cranberry sauce, meanie. Well, I mean, the cranberry sauce isn't very lame, but meanie? Really? She's a meanie because you got stuck and you couldn't go after her? I just feel like everybody's an idiot in this movie. Well, she gets back to the group and explains that the nerd story is true and the turkey's out there trying to get them. The slut has now become self-aware and states that the girl girl is almost as dumb as she is. Oh, if she only knew. Even the jock bags on her and doesn't believe that she saw an evil turkey. The good girl runs off and something comes flying into the scene. Why, it's a dead rabbit. It just looks to have a certain type of... This little baby bunny got its stomach not open by a beak. Not just any beak. A turkey beak. Okay, so I guess maybe he is a turkeyologist because he's he can understand what type of injuries the rabbit has. So they all get kind of freaked out and decide to go to sleep. Only the redneck sleeps outside in his sleeping bag after being turned bound by the slut. Yet there was a glimmer of hope for him. Man, I'm getting tired of fat guys in cinema not being able to get the slut. Why do they want to sleep with everyone else except for the fatty? I mean, it's time that the fat people of cinema stand up and get some of that slut action. For fatties everywhere, I implore you, write your senator, your bookkeeper, or hell, even the president, and demand that more fat guys get some in movies. 
After being shut down, you know, the redneck, he decides to go to sleep and awakes the next morning with Oscar hovering above him. According to Oscar, the turkey tried to peck his eyes out, but Oscar was able to save him in time. At first, the redneck doesn't believe him, but Oscar proves it by showing him that he's got turkey poop on his chest. Great. Not only did he not get any, he almost got his eyes pecked and then got a turkey Cleveland steamer. Though, the poop looks more like cocoa-dusted marshmallows than poop. But then again, I've never seen turkey poop before, so I can't make a fair comparison. Oscar leaves on his turkey hunting adventure, and the turkey gang goes back to the car to fix it. Now, the car itself, it overheated. And naturally, if you wanted to help that, you would wait till it cools and then maybe put some water in the radiator and hope that you'd make it to a mechanic or store maybe to get some coolant, right? Well, nope. The jock just twists some tube and voila, it's now fixed and they can go along their way. The redneck, uh, while they're driving, recounts his tale of almost being killed by the turkey. And now the jock, who acted like, you know, he believed the good girl, makes fun of the redneck and doesn't believe him. The slut believes him, though, and the good girl, she decides not to comment on the whole story because she was made fun of the night before by him and the rest of the group. The nerd can't believe that his story has affected them so much. Hell, they're the cool kids, right? Wait, wait, wait. So a slut, a redneck, a good girl, and a second-string quarterback are the cool kids? What the hell have I been doing hanging out with the starting quarterback, that rich kid, the cheerleader, and that bitchy Asian girl for? I thought those were the cool kids. Fuck, my mind's been blown. Now, I'm also starting to notice that this jock guy looks a little too old to be a college kid. Hell, most of them do, with the exception of the nerd and maybe the slut. And then the good girl, she actually looks better towards the beginning of the movie, I think when her makeup was fully on, than at the end when she wasn't really wearing as much makeup. Uh, continuity, people, continuity, continuity. It's not like that, that there's really ever been an issue like this before in films, though. Now that we're done with this interaction in the car, we see that the turkey is hitchhiking along the road, and a car pulls up beside him. Ask gas or grass. Well, I'm out of gas. Guess I'll take ass. Now, what happens next is the darkest thing I think I've seen in a comedy horror uh, in a long time. So, you know, of course they make the joke that the guy's going to fuck the turkey. He turns around and the turkey says something witty like, oh, that ass is not for you. And he manages to pull a rifle on the guy in the car and holds it up to his head. And the guy claims that he has a daughter and please don't kill him. That's funny, right? No. Well, it gets even worse than that. So the turkey tells him to call the daughter. And then when he's saying, you know, how's everything going? I love you. You know, I'll be home soon. Tell mommy I love her. The turkey blows off the guy's head and steals the car. I mean, I it's weird. It's one of those things where this scene is actually kind of serious. And the rest of the movie is really stupid. It's not really that funny. I mean, look. Oh, a turkey driving a car. Let's forget the fact that some dude just had his head blown off while talking to his little daughter, right? That and there's no one that really talks about this. No news headlines. Hell, the cop that we were introduced as the good girl's father doesn't even know what's going on and that anything happened. Wouldn't you call the police right away and say, hey, I was talking to my dad on the phone, and then I heard a gunshot, and the phone went dead. Can you send the police after his car? It looks like this. You know, you go get it. Nope. Uh, guess that makes it okay, and guess that makes it funny for this film. So after this dark scene comes and goes, and we're now in the hometown of all the characters. It's odd because they never really said that they all lived that close together or in the same town. Now it's possible that some are staying with others. Maybe the hillbilly guy or the redneck guy is spending the time with the nerd because they're supposed to be friends. The jock has his own place we know of, and the, you know they drop off the slut. 
Uh, and of course, at that point, the good girl burns her again. And the results are exactly the same as the first time. It's like her legs are harder to shut than the John Benet Ramsey case. Oh, oh shit! Dang! Oh, damn, that was good! Now, I didn't play the previous joke. They reused the joke from earlier. The same John Benet Ramsey joke. Hey, maybe if the audience didn't laugh at it the first time, maybe they didn't hear it. Better use that joke again. Now, I, I, I just don't get it, and there's going to be one more time that you'll get that joke. So the jock has at this point dropped everybody off, and he's gone back to home to face his dad. He talks to him briefly, and the dad runs off because he's not the starting QB, but the backup. What? See, he really is a douchebag of a dad. I mean, you won't talk to him because he's not the starter? Who are you, John Voigt? Fuck him. He's mad because he lost the starting job due to an injury. That's not the kid's fault. Who's he supposed to be? A man that's like some sort of super alien powered by the Earth's sun? Not sure what you'd call that type of man, but I'm sure he'd be super. So the jock follows his dad outside and then outright lies to him and says, Hey, I'm the first string quarterback. And he gets back his dad's love. His dad is happy, and when they're about to reunite after shaking hands or gonna hug, Turkey pops out of the middle of nowhere and cuts his dad's head off. And of course, he throws the head at the jock with a one- Go team, Johnny! The turkey also has killed the jock's mom, and this causes him to run away back to his friends. So again, instead of calling the cops and telling them that his parents are dead, because, you know, we wouldn't want people to think that I actually killed them, uh, he tell, goes to his friends to let them in on that the fact that the turkey is killing and he believes the story, though they are missing one person. So the scene then starts to cut back and forth between the slut hooking up with some dude who in the credits they say is her boyfriend, but she's trying to get with the jock the whole time, so I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and then the rest of the group discussing about how the jock's folks were killed. When they realize that the slut is in danger, they all rush over to her place. Meanwhile, she's in her bedroom getting pounded doggy style, fully clothed, by the way. Again, you have a scene where you put, it is a close-up of a boob right in the beginning of your movie, right after those little text titles that tell you what time and place this is but you can't have anybody else get naked in the movie <sighs> so the turkey sneaks into her room pink pumpkin pie <laughs> oh, that's fucking creepy as hell this turkey is a huge pervert i mean first he goes after the pig pilgrim lady telling her that her tits are nice and now He's getting off watching this slut get banged by whomever this guy is. So what he does is he sneaks up behind the guy uh, that's banging her, and then he kills her, or kills him, I should say, first, and then takes his place. Yes, you heard me right. The turkey begins to fuck the slut. Damn, that was good. You just got stuffed. Not only does he make a bad pun here, but he is raping and then he kills her. That's pretty horrible if you ask me. I mean, again, the fat guy got shut down hard, but the turkey gets to get his in this movie. I know it's by sneaky means and it was forced on, but come on. It's so ridiculous. It's so dumb. And he, uh, it's, it's disturbing at the same time. So the gang arrives at the house, and not more than five minutes from the last time that this joke was used, it happens once again. At least her legs were harder to close than John Benet Ramsey's legs. 
oh, it must be funnier this time because the nerd messed it up the right way to tell the joke. No, it's there's harder to close than the JonBenet Ramsey case. Oh, the joke isn't funny. Stop trying to force it down our throats. Why? I mean, why? The joke may have been used to be shocking and kind of funny the first time, but why is it used three times in the movie, especially when it was just used moments ago? Five minutes when I took down the time card. The first joke happens around 32 minutes. This happens around 37 minutes. It's five minutes plus or minus like probably about 30, 40 seconds. But why? Why, why guys? That's just lazy writing. Okay, let me calm down and let's just move on. So the jock, uh, he goes into the house alone, of course, to make sure that she's dead. And then when he comes out, he tells the gang that, well, lo and behold, the slut is dead. She's the first down and now there's four to go. So he only found a feather, feather and then something else? An extra small gravy-flavored condom. Seriously? The turkey used protection? I don't even know what to say here. The redneck, he is more upset that he couldn't get some from the slut before she died, rather than being upset that she's dead. I mean, this is supposed to be your friend, or was this just somebody that you were trying to, you know, become a dick in a glass jar for? So in case of emergency, just breaks the glass and then she uses your dick. Ah. Well, they try to come up with a plan. The nerd sees the situation as hopeless. I don't know how to kill this turkey. I mean, hell, he survived everything that we've thrown at him. No, we haven't done anything to stop him yet. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. Now you're ripping off the Simpsons. Yeah, you've got to help us, Doc. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. The writing is getting really lazy here. Well, the nerd figures out that they need a book that will tell them how to kill this turkey. He wants to go to the library, but the jock points out that they're all closed right now. The good girl does suggest that her father might have the book needed, so they all go there. Right, so since the good girl's father is a cop, wouldn't he have the access to get into those places? I understand that it might be weird to talk to your father about a killer turkey, but come on, he could help, right? You know, he could actually get you into those closed libraries with, you know, some type of, like, master key or something. Well, we're treated then to one of my favorite scenes in this movie just because it's so awkward. So the turkey goes to the father's place and is greeted at the door by her father in a ridiculous turkey outfit. Supposedly, there's a contest that's coming up for a winner to wear the best turkey outfit, and he was about to go out when the turkey came to the door. So it should be noted that the turkey is also wearing some type of like Groucho Marx setup, you know, just the glasses and that mustache. And her father mistakes the turkey for a midget. He asks, well, the turkey asks for the good girl and her father invites the turkey in to wait for her to show up. And it creates this funny, awkward scene. Bless you. <laughs> Allergy season, you know. Fucking weather. But it was nice today, huh? You just say fucking. What do you mean? Is that supposed to mean that midgets can't cuss? I wasn't worried about the size of the fuck. I was worried about the age of the fuck. How old are you? 510 years old. Fuck it then, I guess you can say it. Hazelnut? Yep. Well, I'm not gonna lie, this is pretty damn awkward, Sheriff. Uh, I'm gonna take off now. 
Say hello to Kristen for me, okay? Oh, no problem. I am a big proponent of you little guys. I think y'all been treated wrong. One more word, and I swear to God! What'd you say? Nothing. Uh, nothing at all. Uh, have a good night, Sheriff. All right, pal. You take care. So, he does say one last little thing, and pisses off the turkey, and the turkey kills her father for that very minor reason. But it seemed like he wasn't going to kill the father in the first place. Now, is it because he's dressed up like a turkey and that he feels like he respects the turkey and this whitey is not worth killing? I mean, he's indiscriminately killed, uh, you know, the dog for no apparent reason. He killed the guy in the car because I guess he was going to fuck him. He killed the boyfriend because he wanted to fuck the slut, and then he killed the slut. So why does he just go kill the father, like, right away? Why does he need a disguise to get into the house? Maybe that's the bigger question. And how come the disguise works? So the turkey gang then shows up, and guess who opens the door? Why? It's the turkey wearing the face of her father in an extremely crude mask. Actually, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Corey Taylor's current mask, just because of the way that it's sewn. It's weirdly sewn together, and it doesn't really look anything like her father, but she goes on with it. I mean, <laughs> your father isn't two feet tall, right? Also, he doesn't have fucking feathers sticking out of the back of his body. How the hell does this trick you? You are really dumber than the slut ever was if this trick works on you. I can't. I can't even come up with the right words. Can you, Ren? You're an idiot. I guess that works. That's a lot more civil than I would have wanted to be. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. and Maybe her dad was a turkey in, like, a past life. Or maybe, you know, he just wanted to make puppets. Or, or maybe, you know, he just thought it was, a, it was just a better outfit for him. Or I just, maybe he managed to shrink himself down. And wear a full turkey outfit. I mean, that could be right, right? I mean, that's that's a way to trick your daughter or, or to win that turkey competition, right? Well, the turkey is also as dumb as, you know, they want to go into the garage. And it leads them there, well, f of course, by asking her, hey, I forgot where it's at. Can you show me? Uh, you know, but he's helping him find the book that may kill him. I mean, he doesn't actually help in the scene of them looking for the book. But he's, like, leading him around the house and just not, just not fucking killing him right there and then. Like, you know, maybe that's what you should just do. Just fucking kill him. Get your revenge. Be on your merry way. You're done. Movie's over. Hey, look, I only wasted uh, 40 minutes. And we, we can continue on. Oh, fucking dumb shit, Turkey, and these dumb kids. I fucking swear. So, at this point, we get a montage of them all looking for the book. So, we get the redneck who is a college student, by the way, being taught to read by the nerd. And then there's, of course, some sexual tension between the good girl and the jock. Also, Fatty Fatty 2x4 shoves a bunch of french fries into his face. You can't have a scene where a fat redneck guy isn't trying to eat anything because they always want to eat all the fucking time, right? So ultimately, they find the book in her dad's things. Guys, I found it! It's about time. God, it took forever. That was five minutes. So they find out that there's some talisman that they need to grab, and the book has some map code that needs to be deciphered in order to know how to kill the turkey. The redneck, of course, says that he's hungry, one-dimensional fat fuck, and goes to the kitchen to get some grub while Nerd Boy translates the map. Now, again, we're talking continuity here. The place that 
they shot this like the house it looks like they go through the kitchen to get into the garage right but the redneck can't find his way to the kitchen so that's not where they go through so (laughs) it doesn't make any sense to me again continuity people get it make sure that your shots all match up make sure that everything but I can't keep focusing on that. The redneck, he just happens to run then into the turkey, trying to dispose of dear old dad in the kitchen, and makes a revelation. If, if that's the sheriff, then, then you must be turkey! Good for you, redneck. Good for you. Then the turkey says what we've been all thinking this entire time. You kids are retarded. <laughs> and explains his whole purpose to the group. Shut up. I do the talking, faggot. A long time ago... One of your ancestors disrespected our people really, really badly. And so as payback, I'm here to kill any white person that disrespects Indians or our land. But we gave your people land and we let you have casinos. Doesn't that make up for what our ancestors did? (laughs) It almost did, but it didn't. So this is where I get the beef with the movie. So now I know that he was brought back from the dead, from a pissed off Indian to kill Whitey, but it seems like he's kind of bringing, uh, blaming them for bringing him back this time, and we all know that it was flashy. It was the goddamn dog's fault. I understand that his purpose in life is to go out and kill Whitey. I get it. And that's what he was primarily created to do. But then why did he have to kill the dog? I mean, he's just killing the dog because he peed on him. He couldn't have just scared him and let him go. I mean, he brought him back and brought him back to life. They say that every 500 five years he comes back well he was killed or went away when he was five years old and this just happens to be that time at the same thing i mean i guess i understand it but i either feel like he should have gone after the dog or you know he should be killing all different types of dogs because the dog peed on him if that's the case and also who are these people to be like hey we gave you shitty land and casinos and then think that saying that is not going to piss this turkey off anymore. The turkey just told you that his main focus in life is to kill Whitey. And then you say something stupid like that, that's going to make him not kill you? Ah, both of these sides are so fucking stupid. Uh, but let's move on. <clears throat> so the redneck wrestles him to the ground long enough so that they can get the talisman off. The redneck gets upset and goes away by himself. After they let the turkey go, and he goes, of course, to get some food, while the nerd, the jock, and the good girl, they all stay behind and try to figure out how to stop the turkey. Well, honestly, it's how can the nerd translate the map? Oh, did I not mention that? There was a part of the book that uh, it told him about the talisman, and then how to kill the turkey was all a bunch of math equations. And, of course, the nerd can solve that shit. So, here we are. He's trying to solve it and now fatty's got run away by himself they let him go by himself in the first place right and then of course you know there's more sexual tension there uh between the girl and the jock i mean look i know your dad was just killed by a turkey who wore his face like a mask and i just don't understand why you're interested in boning some jock right now that's a little fucked up don't you think well before they can kiss the nerd cock blocks the jock to tell them how they can kill the turkey now. Right. Okay. We need to burn him at the stake, just like a witch. And then we need to say a demonic prayer in unison, backwards. Just the usual thing. Damn, this shit is not going to be easy. No shit, it's not going to be easy. He was necromanced by one of the most powerful Indians in history. 
So they're going to go get the redneck after this who's so hungry that he gets fooled by an image of a roasted turkey that he swallows. Turns out that was just like the turkey's essence, and he bursts right out of the redneck's stomach. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Now that's what I call foul play. <laughs> and he just bursts out of it like a chestburster with a rifle and comes out rifle first. And that was better, one of the better turkey puns or bird puns that this turkey makes. The rest of the gang show up, and the nerd cries that his friend has been killed. He believes it's not that bad. Sure, it's not that bad. Just his chest is busted open. His guts, which look like pillows, by the way, are hanging all over the place. Hey, he's bleeding to death. Yeah, it's not that bad at all. So from this, like, death scene, it turns into a man-crush montage of both of them with one of the worst best friend songs ever. Remember when you gave me my first ice cream cone under the sunset? in one movie how can i be so lucky so at this point in the film i'm fucking rooting for the turkey they've all just become so fucking annoying that i just want the turkey to poke their fucking eyes out and swallow their fucking souls well the rest of the gang has other ideas they're going to get that turkey in his teepee you see if he's not out yeah if you can't find the turkey he's either in his teepee or he's killing your friend since he's not killing any of them he must be in the teepee well, we go inside this teepee and we see that the turkey is tossing a salad to treat himself for having such a busy day. Hey, you know, when push comes to shove and you've done a good job in killing a bunch of people, have a salad. The rest of the turkey gang has finally come up and found his teepee on the side of the road. Yeah, you think you hide it better, right? And they come up with a plan to make the nerd do everything dangerous while the other two just distract the turkey. So they're able to get the jump on the turkey, but he still gets the last laugh. Looks like I've got something you don't got, turkey! What's that, Darren? A vagina? That's the best burn in the fucking movie, hands down. And I do have to say that this teepee is kind of the size of a turkey on the outside, but once they go inside, there's so much room for activities. It's almost like a normal-sized room on the outs- on the inside, like kind of maybe a-, a genie's lamp or maybe a pokeball. I don't know. So they chant this spell backwards while the turkey's tied up, and it turns off the turkey's in- invincibility hack, and now he's able to be killed the turkey breaks loose of the ropes and right before he can get his hands on our heroes oscar pops up and shoots it in the head right into a dumpster they thank oscar and before oscar parts he shares with them some strange words 
one of these days you kids there you might feel what I feel when losing somebody you love like your mother or your father or your best friend excellent timing Oscar I guess you didn't get the memo now it's the home stretch and the kids have gone back to the good girls home to watch a movie what movie you ask well it's Night of the Living Dead that's not some type of like foreshadowing or anything right so they're all sitting on the couch and I'll talk with you and then Jock comes off as the biggest dick in the world so you know Kristen in a way I'm kind of glad all this happened. If not, I wouldn't have gotten this close to you. You're kind of glad? People are dead, you asshole. And you're happy because you may get some vag? Plus, you're doing this all in front of the nerd who didn't complete his plan of going buck wild and fucking someone from the Jeep. Then, you're gonna start fucking your new girlfriend in front of the nerd? What a fucking dick. So their little romp forces the nerd to go into the kitchen. Though he was gonna go pee... And lo and behold, guess who's in the kitchen there to get him? Why is the turkey? He's come to life after being shot into a radioactive dumpster bin. I swear I'm not making this up. And what would you expect from this movie? So the turkey rips his tongue out and pecks his heart out of his chest, though it does look like he's grabbing it out of his throat. Damn, poor nerd died a virgin. And there goes the bet. Nerd died before the jock did. My bracket's busted. So let's cut back to the living room. And damn, those two are fucked really fast. I guess in this world, you fuck just fine with your jeans on, so it allows you to be really, really quick, and it's okay. The jock worries whether or not the turkey is actually dead. He's gotta be dead. Unless he fell into some radioactive waste. <laughs> what are the odds of that happening, right? Don't be silly. That kind of stuff only happens in movies. Oh no. The movie's self-aware now. Oh, I hope they really all die. Well, suddenly the turkey hits the jock with a turkey carver, and the good girl has the laziest reaction to a monster killing your new boyfriend ever. I honestly wonder how many takes that they had to take this one to get just right. No, no, you're being too enthusiastic about it. Can you please tone it down to like a Kristen Stewart type of level? Yeah, that's great. Let's do it there. One more from the top. Well, the good girl grabs the jock and they run out towards some outdoor garage or barn that just happens to be on their property. And... I can't tell if this is at his place or her place. I think it's the jock's place, so maybe it makes sense that the garage is outside. And, well, she grabs, a, she asks for the lighter that the uh, jock was going to use to have helped burn the turkey at the stake. She grabs a can of spray paint and then creates this flamethrower and starts to burn the turkey alive. Roast in hell, asshole. Oh, fuck. It's at this point that she goes back to see that the, if the jock is still alive, and sadly he dies right before he can kiss her goodbye. He reminds her, though, that the turkey needs to be burned at the stake, and that's when she grabs, like, a bat or a golf club, something that big, uh, and she smacks the burning turkey into a nicely placed pile of sticks that are set up in the perfect witch-burning stake uh, position. I mean, literally, it's like right there. She looks over. Hey, look, it's totally set up for me. Looks down at the turkey, whacks the turkey, hits him perfectly into the center of that, and he's burning at the stake. And of course, out which pops a freshly fried turkey leg, and Oscar randomly shows up. He asks some stupid questions, and then she says, yes, something about it being over. Takes a bite of the leg, and then we fade out into another scene. This time, we're presented with a family that's having a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Scene... 
The scene is really not needed, but it's just a way for it to set up a sequel. Amen. Do I smell sequel? Beyond! much of I may have bashed it, this was actually a very fun film. It's dumb. Really dumb. So dumb it hurts. But that's what makes it so enjoyable. Even at the end, it states that the next sequel is going to be in space. That's where franchises go when they can't think of another realm to visit. Jason went to space as did the Leprechaun. Honestly, I'm surprised there wasn't a Nightmare on Elm space station. The film doesn't even get a sequel that's labeled number two, by the way. It goes straight to Thanksgiving 3, which it talks about Thanksgiving two but that's a film that was never actually made so overall i give this film a three and a half out of five for gore a four out of five for fun and a five out of five for the crap factor it would have scored higher on the fun but that dark sex scene or not sex scene well that one too but the dark death scene and the turkey rape scene really weren't that funny in a comedy horror movie i mean uh, the other stuff that's here is stereotype I am a little pissed that I didn't call the nerd or in the jock's death order right, but that's half the fun of the movie, and I'm surprised that, well, actually, I'm not surprised that I was able to call the first two, and I thought I had them right in order. Uh, the puns are very funny to me who loves dumb puns. I mean, anything that's remotely dumb kind of gets me all giggly. So, though half-joking, the boob thing in the beginning was funny, but were there really no other options for nudity? I mean, they just kind of left everyone with their clothes on. I mean, you had technically two sex scenes in the movie, and one sex scene, you know, of course is hidden from camera, and the other one, they basically kind of show them doing it doggy style, but she's she just has her clothes on. I mean, I'm not saying that I need to see boob all the time, but trying to advertise it like that on the poster and box art, you think you'd get to see a little more. Overall, I give this film four bad turkey puns out of five. You should see this movie. It's fun, and I gather you get a good laugh out of it. Just don't go thinking it's some sort of like Shaun of the Dead type horror comedy, and don't think take things too seriously with its continuity error. And there are a lot. Next episode, it's getting to look a lot like Christmas, so we're going to be watching this family-friendly movie. Grandpa, I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth you're going to have. According to the Book of Claus... 
Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. Now, all bets are off. Santa? Yes, there is a Santa Claus. or a legend. He's real. Only he's not bearing gifts and presents anymore. Christmas can sure scare the dickens out of people. He's scary yet educational. I'm just trying to spread a little yuletide fear. Are you saying Santa is offing everyone who's naughty and nice? Oh my God. Nicholas shot him! You shot Santa? Yeah. This holiday season. Lock your doors. Bolt the windows. Oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Everyone stand back. Things are about to get a little messy. And block the chimney. Because naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's sleigh. Go ahead, kid. Let's see what Santa got you. I hate children. That's right. Since it's going to be December, why not go out and watch some Christmas horror movies? The next episode will be Santa's sleigh. But I'm also going to be checking out Krampus when it hits theaters because I'm sure that that is going to be one of the worst holiday horror movies this season. Uh, and that one, I'm probably going to do something small, and it'll be more of like a reaction episode than a full-blown review, since I won't have access to any audio from the film, and it's going to be a lot more from memory than me going back and forth and making sure everything is written correctly. So uh, definitely look out for that. Uh, and then if you have another uh, Christmas movie that you'd like me to... Uh, review to look at uh, please send it my way and I'll definitely check it out and see if it's right for the podcast this year uh, but there are plenty out there I know something like Jack Frost might work uh, and uh, anything else that's kind of out there um, I just this is actually one of the, the holiday traditions that we have is to watch this uh, once a year uh, when it turns Christmas time uh, and I figured that it's going to be a fun one to do for this podcast so, as always, you can always contact us on Twitter, or contact, I should say, me on Twitter, at T underscore T underscore podcast. Uh, you can definitely check out this uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or Spreaker. I know that, uh, you know, I probably won't use this line anymore at the end of the, the thing. Maybe say, hey, review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or Spreaker. Uh, but a lot of times people kind of listen to this and they don't know if there's other options that you can listen to it on and uh, definitely pick the option that's best for you and any reviews um, except for Stitcher I, I think that's the only one I would say that don't leave me a review on but please on iTunes on Blueberry or Spreaker uh, I'd love to have a review and give me feedback uh, on how well the episodes are doing you can also send all that stuff to me over on email to terribleterrorpodcast all one word at gmail.com or if you really want to, you can follow me on my Twitter. It's at T00LBERT. 
uh, and that is just kind of my generalized Twitter. Uh, I plan to use both, of course, more often. Uh, my Twitter just for more random things, and uh, the podcast Twitter try to put more things up like polls and stuff like that. So, uh, also, you can check out the other podcast that I do with my co-host Patrick. It's called It Be Like That. It happens twice a month as well, usually on the weeks that this podcast does not have an episode. Uh, that is also up there on Spreaker. It's underneath our IBLT podcast network handle. So thanks for listening, and next time we'll see you with uh, Santa Slay. Peace out.